The following message, entitled, Rivers of Living Water, Part 18 of the series, I Am, the Book of John, was given by Stephen Altrogi on the 4th of March, 2012, at Sovereign Grace Church of Indiana, Pennsylvania. To learn more about our church, please visit sgcindianapa.org. Good morning, everyone. If I haven't met you, my name's Stephen. I'm one of the pastors here. Thanks for coming this morning. Uh, If you could open in your Bibles to John chapter 7. We are in the middle of our series called I Am, the book of John. And so we are going to be in John chapter 7 this morning. My dad, who is the senior pastor of the church, is not here today. Uh, He actually is with my mom down in Franklin, Tennessee, and the reason that they're there is for the last 10 years, my sister uh, has had excruciating migraine headaches, and so they are down in Franklin, Tennessee, meeting with a specialist doctor and trying a specialist treatment that we're really praying and hoping will, will help her. Um, They've pretty much tried everything else, and nothing has really worked. So would you just join with me? I'm going to pray that God meets us this morning, and I'm also just going to pray that God would uh, just help them while they're down there. Lord, thank you for this morning, and thank you for the privilege of gathering together as your people. Lord, what an incredible thing it is that we get to come together as your people, and worship freely through the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be hearing your word together. Lord, I pray that as I preach that your words would affect us, that your word from the Bible would affect us and change us and transform us and that we would go out of here more on fire for Jesus, loving Jesus more, Thank you that you're eager to meet with us. And Jesus, you said wherever two or more gather, I'll be there. So I thank you that you're here now. Speak to us, O Lord. And Lord, I I do pray for my sister, Beth. I pray that this treatment on her migraines would work. Please have mercy on her. pray that you would heal her father. I pray that you would give the doctors wisdom. Lord, that's what we're asking. Lord, we know that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts together. And Lord, I do pray for all the others in this church who are sick too. I can think of so many. Lord, I pray that you would heal them too, Lord, and give them strength, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, John chapter 7. The title of this morning's message is Rivers of Living Water, and I have this friend, his name is Keith Person, and some of you guys know Keith, Uh, him and his family moved away a number of years ago, but Keith and I hung out a lot when we were younger, and Keith, uh, he's a pretty quiet guy, but he had this unusual, devious side to him where he, he, he could pull pranks on people that... Um, just would catch people off guard. And so one time when Keith was younger, Keith's dad hired another young guy in the church who was older than Keith to come and help him do some outdoor work. 
And so this guy was doing some hard, back-breaking outdoor labor. I believe it was summer, it was hot, he's sweaty, he's thirsty, and he takes a break, and Keith, <laughs> just laughing as I think about this, Keith offers to go get him a drink. And so, um, of course, this guy would love to have a drink because he's thirsty, he's sweaty, sweat's pouring off him, he needs a drink, and so Keith goes inside and he comes back out, he fills up a cup and he comes back out with what appears to be a glass of root beer, and he hands it to, to this guy and, and the guy puts it up to his lips and possibly, I was wondering like, okay, did he taste anything odd when he put it up to his lips? Because he put it up to his lips and he took a great big gulp of soy sauce. <laughs> I mean, like, if you can think of, if there was anything, like, the, the opposite of thirst quenching, I'd say soy sauce is about it. I mean, the salt in it, the, uh, you know, so if you can imagine, just, you're sweaty, you're dying of thirst, and you go to drink root beer, and all of a sudden you've got, Kiko Man's soy sauce pouring down your face. Like I said, Keith has a, a devious mind. Um, see, it matters. The point of that rather funny story is it matters how we satisfy our thirst. It matters. It matters how we satisfy our thirst. Water is satisfying. I love drinking water. Soy sauce is disgusting and will only leave you more thirsty. And this morning, in the passage that we're going to read, we're going to see that not only does it matter how we satisfy physical thirst, but that it matters how we satisfy our spiritual thirst. It matters to God how we satisfy our spiritual thirst. Thirst and, and the point that we're going to see in this passage this morning is that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to all who are thirsty. Jesus gives the Holy Spirit to all who are thirsty. So let's read together starting in John chapter 7 verse 37. If any of you decide someday to pull a prank on me and like put salt in my water or something while I'm up here, that would be funny. <laughs> but please don't do it. Okay, John chapter 7, verse 37. <clears throat> on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? 
So there was division among the people over him, and some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? And the officers answered, No one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. In this passage, it falls in the middle of a section we've been in for the last several weeks where this passage is taking place at something called the Feast of Booths. And the feast was a reminder to the Jews of how God had provided for them while they were in the desert after they had been released from captivity by the Egyptians. And so part of this feast was a ritual. There was this very important ritual that was part of this feast that the priests carried out and that was observed by all the people. And every day, here's how this ritual would go. Every day... During the feast, a golden cup would be taken. And it would be filled with water from the pool of Siloam. And so if you can imagine the priest holding up this golden cup filled with water, the sun glinting off of it, people are observing this happening. And then it would be carried in a procession led by the high priest with all the priests behind them. It would be led in procession back to the temple. And they approached, there was this gate called the water gate and they would approach the water gate of the temple, and as they approached it, a trumpet would sound. Three loud, clear blasts sounding as they approached the temple. And while everyone watched, the priests, led by the high priest holding the golden cup full of water, would circle around the altar with the water. And the temple, there would be this temple choir and they would be singing from Psalm 113 to 118. They'd be singing from these psalms. And when the choir finally came to the the high point, the high point was Psalm 118, and when the choir finally got to that point, all the men who were observing, they had willow branches with twigs tied to them, and they would raise them and shake them, and they would also hold up a piece of citrus fruit. This was all reminding them about God's provision, about the harvest, and they would shake them as the choir is singing, and they would all cry out, give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, give thanks to the Lord. And then the water, along with an offering of wine, would be poured out on the altar. And this visual ceremony, so just imagine, this is a visual ceremony, this is audible, there's a choir singing, people are shaking twigs in the air. This ceremony was supposed to remind the people watching of two things. First, it was supposed to remind them that God provided water for them in the desert. God provided, when the people of Israel were in the desert and they were in desperate straight and they were thirsty God provided water for them there was one instance where God told Moses to strike a rock and he struck the rock and water came pouring out of the rock 
And it was also a reminder that God was the one who provides the rain and the harvest and physical water. But that wasn't the only thing it was supposed to remind them of. There was a much, much, much bigger thing that they were supposed to, as they see this water, they're supposed to be reminded of, and that's this. When the priests are dumping the water out, it was a reminder that a time was coming when the Messiah would come. And when the Messiah came, God's Spirit would be poured out on all the earth. And the water being poured out was a reminder that a time was coming when someone was going to come who was going to pour out God's Spirit on all people on all the earth, not just on the prophets, not just on the highly religious people, but there was going to be a pouring out of God's Spirit. Spiritual water would flow over the earth. And in Joel chapter 2, this is what was prophesied. Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. It says, And it shall come to pass afterward." that I will pour out My Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out My Spirit. So I wonder if that verse was was in the back of their minds as they see the water being dumped onto the altar or are they thinking, when is the one coming who's going to pour out the Spirit? When is that person going to come? And so on the last day of the feast, after the people have witnessed this water ceremony again and again, Jesus stands up and He cries out in a loud voice. He says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to Me and drink. This is an incredible thing Jesus is saying. He's saying, look, you've seen this water ceremony. You've seen it performed again and again. You're looking forward to the day when the One comes who's going to give the Holy Spirit, who's going to pour out the Spirit on the earth upon men and women, young and old. And I'm telling you, I'm the fulfillment of this ceremony. Jesus is saying, all that you've just been watching, hey, I'm the fulfillment of this very thing. I'm the one you've been waiting for and hoping for. Everything you've been seeing in this ceremony points to me. He's saying, I'm the one who is going to pour out God's Holy Spirit. I'm the one who will give the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks. And so he's saying to the crowd, he's saying, if you're spiritually thirsty... Come to Me. If you are feeling left out and burned out by dry religion, come to Me for true spiritual life. If all the trials and the tribulations of this world have sucked the life out of you, if you're thirsty, come to Me. And Jesus is offering spiritual water to anyone who's thirsty. And some of you are athletes or you've done athletic activities in your life. And you know, when you're doing an athletic activity, especially if it's vigorous, if you're jogging, if you're playing tennis, if you're playing basketball, you know, that, you know what it feels like to be really, really thirsty. 
You've got that dry feeling in your mouth. Your mouth feels like caught and you can't even conjure up. You know, you want to look, there's sometimes like after a game, you want to look cool and like spit or something like that, but you can't even get enough saliva to spit because you're so thirsty and your mouth, you, you just feel like I, I need water now or it's quite possible I might die here. And when you get, have you ever been to that point where you get that first sip of water in your mouth and you're just like, oh. Water is the best thing ever invented. It's just like so good. It just tastes so good. It's so cool. It satisfies your thirst. I mean, I honestly believe when you're in that point, water is one of the most deeply satisfying things you can have. You want water. And Jesus is saying, I'll quench your spiritual thirst. I'm the one who can quench your spiritual thirst. I'm the one who can pour out the Holy Spirit on you. And so if you are thirsty, come to me and I will satisfy you. I will give you spiritual water. Now the question is, how do you get this? Because I want this, you want this. How do we get spiritual water? We'll look down at verse 38. Jesus says, whoever believes in me. As the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. If you believe in Jesus as the Son of God, as the one who can forgive your sins, as the one who can make you right with God, if you believe in Jesus and you submit your life to Him as your King, and you trust in Jesus and only Jesus to save you, then here's what he says. He says, I'm going to give you living water, spiritual life. And do you know what I love about this passage? Is it says that living waters are going to flow out of your heart. It doesn't just say like Jesus is going to give us a little trickle of water, of living life. Jesus doesn't say, if you believe in me, I'll take a little spray bottle and spritz some living water on you. It's not like one of those old rusty water fountains where like you press down on the button and like your mouth is like up against the thing because no water is coming out of it. Jesus says, if you believe in me, I will put the Holy Spirit in you in such incredible measure that it's going to flow out of you like a river. Isn't that awesome? The Holy Spirit will flow out of you a river of living water that keeps flowing and keeps flowing and keeps bubbling up and it will be a river of spiritual life pouring out of you, overflowing, filling you up. And some of you who don't know Jesus and have not made Jesus your King, you are thirsty right now. You're so thirsty right now and you feel that something in your life is missing and you're thirsty but you have no idea how to quench your thirst. And so you've tried everything. You have tried quenching your thirst with relationships and it has not worked. You've tried quenching your thirst with hobbies and it hasn't worked. You've tried quenching your thirst with sports or cars or alcohol and it hasn't worked. And do you know what you're doing? I want to tell you what you're doing. You're trying to satisfy yourself with salt water. 
You're sucking on salt water. If you know that when you drink salt water, initially it kind of takes the edge off your thirst, but then you just feel worse. You feel more thirsty. You feel more dried out. That's what you're doing. If you don't know Jesus and you're trying to satisfy your thirst, you're drinking salt water. And you're going to be thirsty again. And the reason is God made you. Please hear me. God made you. He wired you to be satisfied in Him. He's the only one who can quench your thirst. He's the only one. That's the only place you'll find it. And so Jesus says, if anyone is thirsty, He's talking to you. Are you thirsty? If anyone is thirsty, come to Me and I'll fill you with waters that will satisfy you. I'll put rivers of living water in you that keep bubbling up and overflowing and you'll have never-ending spiritual life. And so I want to say to all of you this morning who are thirsty and you've tried everything to quench your thirst, Jesus is offering you this morning something that will truly quench your thirst. And He's saying, come to Me. I'm going to offer it to you for free. You're going to be satisfied. Come to Me and believe in Me. Quit trying to satisfy yourself with salt water. And the world knows about this. The world knows that things don't satisfy. When, when Mick Jagger sang, I can't get no satisfaction, he was talking about salt water. When John Mayer sang, something's missing, that's one of the saddest songs I can think of. You know what he was talking about? He, he's talking about drinking salt water. When after winning the Super Bowl, Tom Brady said, I think there's got to be more to life than this. He's talking about drinking salt water. He's thirsty. And there's a woman, her name is Cynthia Heimel. She's a writer and she's worked with lots of celebrities over the years. Listen to what she says about celebrities. She said, I pity celebrities. No, I do. Celebrities were once perfectly pleasant human beings. But now their wrath is awful. More than any of us, they wanted fame. They worked, they pushed. The morning after each of them became famous, they wanted to take an overdose. Because that giant thing they were striving for, that, that fame that was going to make their lives bearable, that was going to provide them with personal fulfillment and happiness, had happened. And nothing changed. They were still them. The disillusionment turned them howling and insufferable. And the reason they're disillusioned is, is because they thought they could satisfy themselves and it turned out to be that they were drinking salt water. So turn to Jesus. He's the source of living water who pours out the Holy Spirit. And I think as Christians, I think we can forget that we have this incredible, overflowing, spiritual life in us. We have this. If you are a Christian, you have it. You have rivers of living water flowing up in you, flowing out of you. Isn't that incredible? God gives you, the Holy Spirit is in you. In verse 39 it says, it's talking about what Jesus is talking about. It's explaining. It says, now this He said about the Spirit whom those who believed in Him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. After Jesus and died and rose again and went ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit would be poured out. And if you have believed in Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. You have a river of living water in you, welling up in you, 
But here's the thing. How often do we drink from it? That's the question. So often we forget to drink from it. We have it, but do we drink from it? And let me just, since my dad's not here today, let me take a minute to brag on my dad. My dad, if you know my dad, you'll know that he's one of the most happy, content, joyful people. That's just the way he is. He's just always cheerful. He's happy. He's joyful. And can, Do you know why that is? Let me tell you why that is. It's because almost every day, he goes to the fountain of living water and he drinks. Every day, he, he wakes up. It's a very particular routine. He wakes up. He drinks an industrial-strength cup of coffee. And then he reads his Bible. And he meets with God as he reads his Bible. And as he's reading his Bible, he's encountering God. The Spirit is in him moving and he's being refreshed. The Spirit is working in him. Then he drinks another cup of coffee. And then he prays. And as he's praying, he's praying that God would strengthen him for the day, that God would give him grace for the trials that he's in, that God would help him with this particularly difficult counseling situation in the church. He's praying, and you know what he's doing? He's, what he's doing is he's dipping his hands in the river of living water that Jesus gives the Holy Spirit, and he's drinking. He's being satisfied, he's being strengthened, he's being refreshed, and that is why he's fruitful as a Christian. That's why he's fruitful. There's no like big secret to it. It's not like he has a special closet he goes into where he says something and then all of a sudden, he, bam, he's fruitful. No, he just does this day after day. And I want to be clear, I'm not talking about feeling a certain way. This isn't about feeling a certain way. Being passionate for God and filled with God and, and filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean like you're always riding this spiritual emotional high. It's not like you're always like skipping around and yeah, I'm rivers of water flowing out of me. My my dad, he's not a super emotional person and when he reads his Bible, he's not like down on his knees like weeping and crying over the Bible. I mean, he's just he's faithful to read his Bible. He's faithful to pray. And you know what God has done through that? He's given him years and years of just being faithful for God. He's put in my dad a deep desire to serve God. My dad has the Holy Spirit in him. It's a river of living water. And it, my dad goes and he drinks from that river. God, he meets with God. And so I don't want to get hung up like on this what do I feel about this? What matters is that we are consistently coming to the Holy Spirit and we're saying, Holy Spirit, I know You said You dwell in me, so would You please give me fresh strength for today? Please give me fresh strength as I go to school. Please go me, give me fresh strength as I go to work. And I've got this hard situation at work. Holy Spirit, flow through me, out of me, overflow. Let people know that something is different about me. And if we're not regularly drinking deeply from the living water, you know what's going to happen? You're going to shrivel up. You're going to shrivel up spiritually. We have the living water of the Holy Spirit in us. That's what Jesus promised. 
But we have to drink from it, to be satisfied by it. So I just want to ask, here's a question I just want to put in your head. Are you regularly drinking from the living water that Jesus has put in you? The Holy Spirit is in you. But are you taking advantage of it? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to strengthen you? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to give you grace for your kids when you're dealing with your kids? Because without doing that, we're going to dry up. And as I was thinking about this message, I was thinking, you know what? I would imagine here that there are some people who used to be really passionate about Jesus. And people would look at you and they'd say, that person is on fire for Jesus. I want to be like that person. And you were burning bright for Jesus. Maybe you had just gotten saved and and God was doing incredible things in you, and you were burning up for Jesus, but over the years, you feel like you've dried up. And you feel like you don't have what you used to, and you look back on what you had, and you say, oh man, I wish I could go back to that. You just feel like, oh man, am I done as a Christian? I I feel like I've got nothing left in the tank. And I think God's heart is for you today. And you know what He wants to do? He just wants to break up all the crust that is formed over the river of living water. He wants to freshly fill you up again. He wants to freshly stir you up again. He wants to freshly put fresh desire in your heart. See, the river of living water, it's still in you. But a lot of times what happens is it gets plugged by the cares of this life. It gets plugged by worry. It gets plugged by physical exhaustion. It gets plugged by trials. And Jesus, I think just the Lord's heart today is He wants to come and He says, come back to me. Just let me break up the ground again. So that you're experiencing that fresh interacting with God, that fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. That's what God wants to do in you. Wouldn't that be wonderful if you walked out of here and your week was totally different because God was freshly stirring in you? That's what I want for you. He wants you to drink again from the waters of the Holy Spirit. So let me just give you some real simple ways how to do that. Here's some real simple ways how to drink from the living water of the Holy Spirit. The first is get the Bible into you. Get it into you. Read it. Listen to it. Get it into you because the Holy Spirit moves and He speaks and He refreshes us through God's Word. It's not mystical. It's not like you've got to go up on top of a hill and find God. The Holy Spirit moves through the Bible. And so whenever I sit down to read the Bible, what I'm always praying is, Holy Spirit, speak to me today. Affect me today, Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not expecting some sort of like audible, Stephen, this is the Spirit speaking to you. Your fantasy football team stinks. That's not what I'm expecting, but the Holy Spirit speaks through God's Word to us. And He convicts me, and He changes me, and challenges me. So can I, can I ask you, go to the Bible, even if it's five minutes, even if you're just listening to it on your commute. You can also pray. You know, here's what I pray every single day. Lord, please today... Fill me afresh with the Holy Spirit. Now what I mean by that, I don't mean that somehow like the river's gone out of me and I need God to put the river back in me. I just, I need more of God in me. I need fresh power. I need fresh joy. 
I need fresh patience with my girls. Lately, I've been really tempted to be impatient with one of my little girls, Karis, because she's acting like a mad girl lately. I'm tempted to be impatient with her. I need help. I really need help. And so I'm praying, God, please give me, Holy Spirit, give me grace today. I know You're in me, Holy Spirit. Jesus, You promised that the Spirit would be in me. Give me grace. Give me strength. Give me patience. You can pray. In other ways, you can fellowship with other Christians. When you spend time with other Christians, that's an opportunity. Oh man, this is so cool. That's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to splash out of you onto other people. It's an opportunity for God to use you and the Holy Spirit in you to affect other people. So before you come to church, or before you go to your care group, or before you're hanging out with your friends, pray, God, would you use me? Holy Spirit, move in me so that I can encourage people. Move in me so that I can use the gifts you've given me to bless people. And so when you come to church or care group, what's your main thought? Is your main thought, what am I going to get out of this? Or how is God going to use me to bless people? Man, it'd be awesome if every single one of us came on a Sunday morning thinking, how's God going to use me to bless people today? How's God going to use the Holy Spirit working through me to encourage people? Let's pray that before we come here. Let's pray, Holy Spirit, flow through me so I can be a blessing to other people. And I think some of you, you have gifts from the Holy Spirit that you know, but you're afraid to use them. And so like when you hear someone come up to the microphone and share something that God has put on your heart, you think to yourself, you know what, I, I've had God put things on my heart like that, but I don't think I could ever get up there and share that. What are people going to think of me? What if I mess up? And I think God wants to just say to you, who cares? The Holy Spirit is in you. He wants to use your gifts to bless people. If you mess up, so what? God just wants to use you to be a blessing to people. Some of you, you have this idea for a ministry you want to start. Maybe a prayer group, maybe a Bible study, maybe something for young kids. But you're thinking, what if I start it and it fails? And I think God just wants to say to you, the Holy Spirit is in you. Ask Him for strength and then just get out and start thinking of how you can bless people. How can you get that ministry started? You have the Holy Spirit in you. You have rivers of living water in you. Let's let those splash out onto other people. Here's here's our passion as pastors. Here's our passion for this church. I want this church to be a place where people are filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what you guys want too? I want this place to be a place where people come in and new people come into this church and they're like, what is different about these people? What is so different about them? There's a joy bursting out of them. There's a contentment I've never seen. Even the people that are in the middle of trials. They're, they're like people I've never seen before. I want those who, here's what I want. I want people who don't know Christ to come in. And afterwards, I want them to look around and see us praying for one another. And encouraging one another. And using the gifts that God has put in us, the Holy Spirit in us, to minister to one another. We have the Holy Spirit in us. Let's take advantage of it to bless one another. And so if you're thirsty, come to Jesus. He satisfies your thirst.
Now, the, the thing is, though, some of you are hearing this and you're thinking, well, I don't know what to think about all this Jesus stuff. I, I have no idea what to make of this Jesus stuff. And you feel kind of like the people, look at how the people, look at what the people said about Jesus. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was division among the people over him. And some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said, Why did you not bring him? The officers said, No one ever spoke like this man. And the Pharisees answered, Have you also been deceived? See, a few verses earlier, the Pharisees had decided that they were going to try to arrest Jesus because he was leading people away from them. And so they send out the temple guard, and the temple guard is going to arrest Jesus, but then they see the temple guard start coming back, and there's no Jesus with the temple guard. And they're like, what's going on here? Why didn't you arrest Jesus? And the, the temple guard says, this guy talks like no one we've ever heard. This guy speaks like no one we've ever heard. And at that point, they just about blow a blood vessel in their neck. They say, have you been deceived too? And then they, will, then they pull out their religious knowledge. They pull out their religious box and they say, have any of the authorities or Pharisees believed in Him? In other words, have we believed in Jesus? No, we haven't. The guards were captured by Jesus. They were enraptured by the words Jesus said. And Jesus spoke like no one else with an authority and a wisdom like no one else. And the guards are recognizing that there is something very different about Jesus. But then they say, you guys have been deceived. Have any of us believed in Jesus? In other words, look, temple guards, look, we, I'm sorry, but have any of us religious experts believed in Jesus? We're the religious people. Leave the religious decisions to us. Have any of us believed in Jesus? No, we don't believe in Him and you shouldn't either. And don't listen to the crowd. And I think some of you maybe like the Pharisees. And you think that you know Jesus. You think you know who He is. You've had enough exposure to religion and religious people to think that you know about Jesus and you feel comfortable rejecting Jesus. And maybe you think, you know what, I know about Jesus. He's a good guy, but frankly, He doesn't have much to offer me. Why should I bother with Him? And if that's your attitude, I just want to tell you, you don't know Jesus. You don't know the first thing about Jesus. When Jesus lived, He claimed, Jesus claimed for Himself that He was the Son of God, equal to God Himself. He made that claim for Himself. He healed people. He raised people from the dead. He walked on water. He fed thousands of people from nothing. And then He died on the cross for our sins and He rose again and He sits on the throne of heaven. And one day He's going to return and everyone who has embraced Jesus will be saved from their sins and will be with Jesus forever. And all who have rejected Christ will be punished in hell for the, their sins. And my prayer this morning for you is that you would come face to face with the real, live, dangerous, not safe Jesus. 
And I want to challenge you with the question that Nicodemus asks in verse 51. He says, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? Some of you have judged Jesus without first hearing Him and learning about Him. You've put Jesus in your religious box. And I want to challenge you to put aside your religious box and just come to the Bible and to read Matthew or Mark or Luke or John and to read about Jesus and to think about Him and learn about Him and then ask the question, Who is this man? Who can do what this man has done? Can anyone do what this man has done? Because you have to make a decision about Jesus. You either have to reject Him as a crazy lunatic or a liar, or you have to believe that He's the Son of God. You can't just be in between. You can't put Jesus in your religious box. So please, listen to Nicodemus' question. Don't judge Jesus without first hearing Him and learning about Him. He's the Son of God and I want to appeal to you to believe in Him. And I'm not saying this because I want to condemn you. I'm saying this because I want you to have living water. I want you to have that joy of having the Holy Spirit in you and living water flowing out of you. And for those of us who, who do know Christ and do have that joy, can I just encourage you as you go out, can we drink deeply this week? Can we drink from the river of living water? The Holy Spirit's in us, but we need to be drinking as we go to God's Word. We need to be drinking as we pray. Drinking in the river of living water. Let's ask God to help us drink deep again. And even afterwards, let's apply this right away. Let's apply this right now as we go out. If someone's telling you about a tough time they're going through, what if you just prayed for them right there? Or what if you were thinking, let's just be thinking as we're going out, who can I encourage? Who can I bless? The Holy Spirit is in me. How can I let Him splash out onto others? Who can I pray for? Who can I bless? Who can I encourage? God wants to use you. That's my prayer for us. I, I love just looking out across the sanctuary and seeing people praying for one another. So why don't we stand together? We're going to pray and then I'm going to have the worship team come up. Lord, thank You that You, Lord Jesus, You put the Holy Spirit in us. And You satisfy our thirst. I pray, Lord, for those who don't know You and are aware that they're thirsty, that they would come to You right now and believe in You and have their thirst satisfied in You. I pray, Lord, that for those who feel like they're dry, they know You, they have the Spirit in them, but they feel like they're dry, Lord, fill them afresh right now. Let the river of living water that You've put in them burst forth again. Please break up what is crusted over, Lord. Please let us be filled with passion and love for You once again, Lord. And Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for You. Thank You for giving us the Holy Spirit. 
We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.